Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You and I represent God, and all the world needs is a few Christians that look good here, but they're a very different person outside. And the devil will cause them never to come to church. Now, I'm not after perfect people because we might as well all go home right now. But I'm talking about people that you know you're not doing the right thing. So look what Paul says. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord. I added this. This is a Balmer translation. Because we are. Did you know that you're on a pedestal, that you live in a glass house, that you're on display every day? It's true. All people who claim to follow Christ are on display in front of the whole world. And how you behave will influence those around you either for or against God. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about the influence Joseph was able to exercise on God's behalf because of the way he lived his life. His consistent godliness got him noticed by the authorities in his life all the way up to Pharaoh. You'll be reminded that you need to live a life of integrity because you never know who might be watching you. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapter 46. As he continues his message, God moves Jacob's family to Egypt. Now remember, this is all about them becoming millions of people so that the nation of Israel can survive. Seventy wouldn't make it. And from that would come the Messiah. Now, when we started this series, what you see right here, they're leaving everything and they're going to Egypt. You know, Pharaoh could have said, here's a piece of land you can have. It's like useless to me, but you can have it. See if your animals will survive. No, that's not what's going to happen. You have to understand these two promises from God. They're huge. Psalm 37. The steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. He delights in every detail of their lives. See, life is not one step. It's called a journey. You and I are on a journey from birth to death. Did Joseph have any steps that went like this? Yeah, that's a whole series. Remember, our whole title of this series is Trusting God in the Ups and Downs of Life. Everybody I'm talking to, we're all going through ups and downs of life. And here it is. But he directs that. He builds us up when we go through the difficult times. Because we pray more when we're struggling. I wish I could say, no, I pray more when it's going really good. No, we don't. We pray more when it's stubborn. Now, look at that. He delights in the detail. So what is the detail? You get the best in Egypt. Wow, that's amazing. Look at the next one. This we told you about way back about 12 weeks ago. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, 
and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. They don't know what they're getting into, but there's hope. There's a future. Israel is going to go back to the promised land. I want to say to you today, those two things that I just showed you, those verses, if you're not a Christian yet, if you're not a follower of Christ yet, God is not directing your life. He wants to, but you're trying to do your own life. You were never made to do life alone. You don't have the wisdom to direct your own life. And secondly, he has a plan for you, to prosper you, to give you hope, to give you a future. By the way, you'll see in a moment, heaven's our home. That's where we're headed to. You want that. So just be thinking about that because God's going to change people's lives in our service. Now, what happens next? Joseph had experienced some of what we just saw. The Egyptians didn't care for people that took care of animals. They were crop people. There was prejudice. Remember, Joseph prepares a dinner for his brothers and they come and eat and the Egyptians eat at this table and Joseph eats at this table and the Jewish people eat at this table. So he knows there's a problem. There's prejudice. So he just says, basically, I'm going to have to be careful. Because they look down at the shepherds, they're going to kind of look down at the Jewish people because they worship a different God. But understand what Joseph was after. He wants them in Goshen for a reason. Take a look at this. Joseph wanted his family to live separate from the Egyptians. Now, that sounds strange to us. But think, at the beginning, when Abraham, God chose a pagan Abraham to start the nation of Israel. When he did it, his purpose was this. The whole world back then were worshipers of pagans. The sun, the moon, this, that, and the other. All kinds of idols. And so he said, I want my people who are worshiping me, the one true God, I want you to be salt and light to those people. You have to intermingle with them. You have to get with them. You have to show them that there's a great God that loves them. But the problem then, God said to them, is this. Now, I want you to be among them. They need to see that you have a living God that answers prayer. None of the pagan gods can answer prayer. You have a living God. But he said, be careful. Don't get too close. Because you can't intermarry with them. If a Jewish man marries a pagan woman, God already said, here's what will happen. She will cause you to compromise your God, and you'll become a worshiper of a pagan God. Did it happen to Israel? <laughs> over and over and over and over again. And many of them lost out with God. So what is he doing? He's taking them to this area And, of course, Joseph is still going to interact with the Egyptians, but he's the light and the salt. He knows what he does. He says, I don't want you to be out there all day long with them because there's going to be problems, the same problem that they had before. So he's doing that. We have to be careful as Christians. We are to intermingle with unbelievers. Amen? If we want to be friends with them, but we know enough not to marry an unbeliever. Jesus was known as a what? A friend of, hello, sinners. So what did that mean? He loved to be around them. But what was the issue? He never lived like them. He didn't have that lifestyle. He just wanted to be. So when you do this, just make sure. This isn't a hateful thing for Joseph. This is a protective thing that God gave him. Now, this distance would protect them from losing their unique identity as worshipers of God. Now, go to chapter 47. Chapter 47. All of you, you've got your Bibles. Turn to 47. And Joseph went and told Pharaoh, 
My father and brothers, with their flocks and herds, and everything they own, have come from the land of Canaan and are now in Goshen. He chose five of his brothers and presented them before Pharaoh. So he's kind of introducing them to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh asked his brothers, what is your occupation? Your servants, they respond, are shepherds. They replied to Pharaoh, just as our fathers were. They also said to him, we have come to live here a while. They have no idea. Some of them people are going to be there 400 years. We've come to live here a while because the famine is so severe in Canaan and your servants' flocks have no pasture at all. So now, please let your servants settle it in Goshen. Verse 5, And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Your father and your brothers have come to you. Verse 6, And the land of Egypt is before you. Settle your father and your brothers in, read it with me, come on now, the best part of the land. Well, that's just a happenstance. No, that's being directed by God. Can you imagine if I'm Pharaoh and these guys are strangers and I really don't care for them, I'm saying, where's the worst piece of land we can put these people? No, he gives them the what? The best land directed by God. Look at the rest. Let them live in Goshen. And if you know any of them among them with special ability that can handle animals, Put them in charge of my own livestock. Wow. Verse 7. Then Joseph brought his father Jacob in and presented him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh asked him, how old are you? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, the years of my pilgrimage are 130. My years have been few and difficult. Remember, he was known as the deceiver. He was raised in a family that was dysfunctional. His mom liked one. His dad liked the other. Joseph went on to copy that very same kind of thing. He was deceived. He wanted his first wife. He got deceived. He didn't get his first wife. The night that he got married, they put him in the tent, the marriage tent, where they conceive their marriage and finish it. And he pulls up the head, and it's another one of the daughters. And the father gave him the wrong. So he'd been deceived, and he got deceived back over and over again. So he says, these years are very difficult, and they've been few and difficult. Now, the reason he says they're few is because he lives to be 147. Abraham lived to be 175, and Isaac lived to be 180. Anybody for living 180 years? I'm putting my hand down right now. Okay. Now, what does it mean by pilgrimage? Jacob knew what you and I know. Our real home is not here. Our real home is heaven with God. That's where we're going. doesn't matter how many years here. We know where we're going. And that's why I want to give you guys who are unbelievers, haven't trusted Christ. When you trust Christ, your sins are forgiven. You get a new start and you get the guarantee of heaven forever. Hallelujah. Nothing better than that. Then Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from his presence. Now think of this. So Joseph settled his father and his brothers in Egypt and gave them property in the best part of the land, the district of Ramses, as Pharaoh directed. Now, verse 12, Joseph also provided his father and his brothers and all his father's household with food according to the number of their children. Now, as you begin to see what's happening here, in these next verses, 13 to 27, that's what we're going to study, we see Joseph's work ethic. From the day he landed in Egypt, he had integrity. He had wisdom. He had an honest spirit. 
Remember, when, when, when he came in and he was a slave to Potiphar, what's the very thing shortly after he's a slave? What does Potiphar do to him? Whoop! Second in command. You're amazing. He has a work ethic that shows the goodness of God. And then he gets thrown in prison. Remember what happens? Falsely accused. And he's there. And before long, the head of the prison says to Joseph, you're amazing. You're second in charge. And then he goes to meet Pharaoh. For the first time, Pharaoh never even heard of him trying to interpret those dreams. And when Pharaoh and Joseph are together and Joseph interprets the dreams, he leaves that room as what? Not a prisoner, but the second in command of the most powerful world in the nation. Well, what you see there, there's no question that Pharaoh's servants and the Egyptian people were watching the honesty, the goodness of Joseph. He used his talents. He used his time. He blessed people. He didn't yell at people. He wasn't perfect, but he did all of these. His business skills were fantastic. So I want to challenge you with something. Because sometimes we think we have to be really good in church. Well, we should be. But it shouldn't make any difference whether it's church or home. We want to be honest. We want to be integrity people. We want to be people that make God look good. So look at this first statement. It might surprise you a little bit. The world judges our godly character and integrity not in church, but how we live Outside the church, Monday through Friday. See, where you and I live and work and play, that's when the world's looking at us. You say, oh, Pastor Mark, with people at work, they never look at me. Oh, yes, they do. School, same way. They're looking. They're looking to see if you're real. See, Joseph was real. There was no church. He was real every day, Monday through Sunday. Be careful. We want to be real in church, but we want to be real all the time. You and I represent God. And all the world needs is a few Christians that look good here, but they're a very different person outside. And the devil will cause them never to come to church. Now, I'm not after perfect people because we might as well all go home right now. But I'm talking about people that you know you're not doing the right thing. So look what Paul says. Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord. I added this. This is a Balmer translation. Because we are, rather than for people. Now, you don't go to your boss tomorrow and say, I learned this from my pastor. Pastor Mark told me this. I'm not working for you. I'm working for God. Don't do that because you'll be in here without a job and we'll have to pray for you up front to get a job. That's stupid. But do you understand what Paul's saying? Bottom line, who are we working for? Our master. Who is that? God. Who's the one that gave you your job? God. So understand, that's what I'm trying to say to you. Joseph was that person of integrity, work ethic, honesty, a person of character. And Pharaoh and the Egyptians knew that from bottom line. Now, verse 13 brings us another problem. Look at verse 13. There was, say it with me, no food. Do you know that much of our world understands that? We don't. There was no food. However, in the whole region, because the famine was severe, both Egypt and Canaan wasted away because of the famine. So now we're two years into the seven years of famine. It's horrible. 
And Joseph collected all the money that was to be found in Egypt and Canaan in payment for the grain that they were buying. And he brought it to Pharaoh's place. Now remember, Joseph, his plan was to, in the seven years that was good, put a bunch away. Put a bunch away. Just keep it for the bad years. And then when the bad years came, he had people bring money. Remember, Joseph's brothers brought money to buy grain. And all the Egyptian people were buying grain with money. A natural thing that you would do. But here's the problem. Joseph is going to have to come up with plans that God's going to give him. What am I going to do? There's no food. Now, look at verse 15. Here's the problem. When the money of the people of Egypt and Canaan was gone, they're out of money. There was grain. There was seed. But they can't buy it. They have no way to do it. And notice what they say. Give us food. Why should we die before your eyes? Our money is used up. Now, here's Joseph. God's going to give him a plan. He's going to say, I'll take your livestock as payment from grain. Now, that's God's wisdom coming to Jacob. He's using his time well. He's using his spiritual gifts well. Look at verse 16. Then bring your livestock, said Joseph. I will sell you food in exchange for your livestock since your money is gone. So they brought their livestock to Joseph, and he gave them food in exchange for their horses, their sheep, their goats, their cattle, their donkeys. And he brought them, and he brought them through that year with food in exchange for their livestock. So for one more year, now there's no money, but the third year, he's going to bring them, just bring me all your stock, bring me all your livestock, just bring them to me. And that provides for one more year. Now the year is over. What's going to happen? Look at verse 18. When that year was over, they came to him the following year and said, we can't hide from our Lord. You need to know what's going on in our life. The fact that since our money is gone and our livestock belongs to you, there is nothing left for our Lord except our bodies and our land. Why should we perish before your eyes? We and our land as well. Buy us, we'll work for you, and our land in exchange for food. And we, with our land, will be in bondage to Pharaoh. Give us seed so that we may live and not die, and that the land may not become desolate. So Joseph is going to have a plan. They came up with it. We'll give you our land. We'll work the land. We just need food. So God's going to give Joseph an amazing plan. Their land as payment for grain. Their land. Now, look at verse 20. So Joseph bought all the land in Egypt for who? Pharaoh. See, he's a very honest businessman. He was honest with the money. All went to Pharaoh. The land goes to Pharaoh. Notice, the Egyptian, one and all, sold their fields because the famine was too severe for them. The land became Pharaoh. So there's that integrity in Joseph. He's not keeping some for himself. He just gives it all to Pharaoh. And Joseph reduced the people to servitude from one end of Egypt to the other. The famine was hugely widespread. Verse 22. However, he did not buy the land of the priest because this is the Egyptian priest. Because they received a regular allotment from Pharaoh and had food enough from the allotment Pharaoh gave them. That is why they did not sell their land. Now, then here's what 
Joseph says in verse 23. Now that I have bought you and your land today for Pharaoh, here is seed for you so you can plant the ground. Now, I want you to follow through this now. This is God giving Joseph a plan. And I'm sure he's talked with Pharaoh about it. Look, they have everything. They need seed. They will work their land even though it's not their land. They will work it. So we need to give them free seed. Now, who has all the seed? Pharaoh. He has it all. And so Joseph makes this. Now, watch. This, this is what comes from the Lord. Look at verse 24. Everybody, watch this. This is hugely important. But when the crop comes in, give a fifth of it to Pharaoh. The other four-fifths you may keep as seed. Give 20% of the crop to Pharaoh. The other 80% you may keep as seed for the fields and as food for yourselves and your households and your children. Now, do these people think this is a good plan? They're going to do all the work. But they get 80%. How many like the income tax to be like that? (laughs) How do I know they like the plan? Well, look at verse 25. You have what? Saved our lives. There's God again. You know, the whole thing for Joseph, he came to Egypt to save people's lives. Not just the Israelites, but the Egyptians. You have saved our lives. They said, may we find favor in the eyes of our Lord. We will be in bondage to Pharaoh. We don't mind that at all. We're going to have food. We're going to have food for our kids. Wow, this is fantastic. So Joseph established it as a law concerning land in Egypt. Still enforced today that a fifth of the produce belongs to Pharaoh. It was only the land that the priests did not become Pharaoh's. Now, let's just review what we saw. Pharaoh owns how much of the seed? Hello? 100%. 100%. What is Pharaoh asking back? 20% after they plant. Who's doing all the work? Yeah, the people are doing all the work. He wants 20% back. How much do they get to keep? 80%. Is that a good deal? It's a great deal. Especially in a famine. It's the only deal. It's fantastic. Now, when you see that plan, if you're a Christian, you should begin to see something here. It should remind you of a biblical principle in the Old Testament that God established. Let me just remind you of something today. Who owned all the seed? Carol. Okay, good. Do you know that the Bible says this? God owns everything you are and everything you have. Now, some of you are new to that. Would you repeat that again, please? (laughs) Say what? No, that's biblical. Everybody take a deep breath with me right now. (sighs) Where'd the breath come from? Oh, it's my lungs. Yeah, who gave you lungs? Yeah. Remember when Adam and Eve had to breathe the (sighs) breath of God into them? When you die, it's when there's no more breath. So everything we have and everything you are is a gift from God. He owns it all. Let's say it together. He owns it all. You heard in today's teaching by Pastor Mark how Joseph's family got settled into the area of Goshen, a blessing granted by Pharaoh. You were reminded about the importance of prayer for a Christ follower and God's intention for his people to live lives that make him look good. He has plans for you. If you'll trust him, he will lead you to places of blessedness. 
know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, we'll be wrapping up Pastor Mark's teaching, God Moves Jacob's Family to Egypt. You'll hear about Joseph's leading of the country of Egypt as the famine gets worse and the desperate measures the people take to stay alive. You'll hear about the concept of God's ownership of all that you have and are and how you should respond to that revelation. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Trusting God in the Ups and Downs of Life. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.